This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Weber. Dub them east. And we are back for another The Onside Kick podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast. And Mark, we were going to do, coming in today, I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? Do we do another trifecta of draft conversation? Mel Kuyper last week came out with his 2.0. Your 2.0 is going to be coming out next week. My 2.0 mm-hmm. is already out. Check it down below in the description. We're not going to do that, though. We're not doing draft. It's all the same stuff at this point. Nothing, nothing We're going to get more draft. Nothing's changed until we get to the combine, though, yep. at this point. Nothing's changed from Todd McShay to Mel Kuyper. So we're going to do something different. We had a big trade go down. Julius Thomas is now in Miami. Brandon Albert is now in Jacksonville. There are seventh-round picks that have been switched. However, those are two different deals. Thomas and Albert were not traded for each other. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look at Tony Romo. Where is he going to be playing next season? And then we're going to dive into some free agency because free agency opens up next Tuesday, a day after your birthday. Next week we're going to be recording on Mark's birthday. But we're going to get into – let's just get into it right away. Two trades went down. Basically what happened is I want to say it's Julius Thomas and a seventh-round pick, 2017th-round pick, go from Jacksonville to Miami. Brandon Albert goes from Miami to Jacksonville, and a 2018 seventh-rounder goes with him. Two separate deals. Yep, so they were not traded for together. They weren't traded together. Player for pick. Yep. And really what we're going to focus on is – we're going to focus on the Julius Julius Thomas. I almost said Julius Albert. The Julius Thomas side of it. Mm-hmm. Because really, the Jacksonville, I'm just going to say right now, the Brandon Albert thing, really it just says, not nah, number four, maybe they don't have to go offensive tackle now. Yeah. That's really all it Which changes. Which is good because they really, I don't know if that was the best spot to do it. There's mm-hmm. way better talent. We talked about it last week mm-hmm. about how defensively strong this draft is. So now they don't have to do that, and that's great for them. Well, and we're going to look at Julius Thomas, and I'm just going to throw it out there, Mark. Is Julius Thomas, is he the missing piece for this Miami Dolphin offense and Ryan Tannehill? Well, you, you throw in the Ryan Tannehill, and that kind of kind of you ruins things. You have to. Uh, the, the reason I say it ruins things is simply because I, I feel like, sure, it's one thing that Ryan Tannehill needs. There's no doubt about that. He needs more weapons out there. Uh, and he's got some good wide receivers to throw the ball to. He's got a great running back uh, there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the thing about the Dolphins is they weren't a bad team last year. They had some issues, obviously, coaching things. Uh, but anyways, are, are not necessarily coaching things, but the team kind of had to get back, back up to speed for uh, their new head coach. Now, the big thing for this team is, I don't think he's the missing piece on offense because I still think the missing piece on offense is most likely the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill has not stepped up. You think they need to, to be, replace him? Yeah, as, as big of a fan as I am of the Tannehills, uh, Ryan Tannehill is not stepping up to be the guy that we all kind of wanted and expected mm-hmm. him to be. You know, obviously he got injured this year, so that's a big part of it as well. Uh, but he's never really done it. I mean, at least Blake Bortles has shown signs that he can maybe be that guy where Tannehill always has the, yeah, he does pretty well, and maybe he'll take that next step forward. 
He's just riding on potential, and there's only so long you can do that. We all thought that this was going to be the year where he was going to take off and be magical, uh, but not quite. Well, I mean, he did get injured this year, uh-huh. and I know yep. it was the last three games were the one he missed. I mean, from this year, this was his lowest production of yards in a season. Did Almost got to, he was like, what, five yards away from a 3,000 yard season dropping off from about 4,200 the year before his yards on attempt were similar interception numbers, the same touchdown numbers, a little low and his QBR. That's the big thing His QBR though was better than it was last year. And to me with the 55 though. Yeah. But I mean, it's better than a 43.5. It's still not good. If you fail, you fail. It's still better than it is. And the thing that I think with, Tannehill part of it is, A, it was your first year with Adam Gase, the Mm -hmm. new head coach. This is a guy who, I mean, just look at it this way. Bears fans, we're in Chicago. You guys know it. It's one of those things where look at Jay Cutler with Adam Gase. Look at Jay Cutler without Adam Gase. Completely different quarterback. And in year two, under the Adam Gase offense, under what he's bringing to this team— I think that this is this trade, what it does for the Dolphins is two things. Number one, how Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper had the Dolphins going with tight end low in this draft. Because let's be honest, O.J. Howard is going to be the top tight end off the draft. I mean, the uh, Mel Kuyper had him at 18 to the Titans. I don't know if the Titans do that. I'd look wide receiver and cornerback. But the guy out of Miami that's going to be number two in David um, Joku is he's the one where it's like this kid is good. This one's going to be a weapon that people look to maybe late in that first round. This Julius Thomas trade one, it tells me they ain't looking tight end there anymore. They're going to go defense to me. I look linebacker. They're going to go linebacker in the draft. Two, what it says, and this is kind of lead up what we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Thanks, Jordan Cameron, for your time, but you can step out the door. We don't need you anymore. Yeah, I definitely think that's a big part of it. Uh, Something to think about, too, of course, with this team. Uh, The defensive side of the ball, people were pretty happy with that, uh, especially going into the later part of the season, even though they still didn't make the playoffs. But running game, not the issue for offense. The issue was passing the ball. Mm -hmm. And this, of course, gives Ryan Tannehill a great target to throw the ball to. Uh, especially once we get in, once we're getting into the red zone, but the big question that kind of comes to my mind with this is, you send me this tweet, Ricky. You tweeted it at me at the mm-hmm. Mark Weber. Uh, it was and, the Rappaport tweet. Yeah, and it's saying about Julius Thomas. And my first thought was, huh, Julius Thomas? What happened to that guy? <laughs> he did so well in Denver. <laughs> he, went, he went to Jacksonville. Got the paid. Problem. Went to Jacksonville, which we all thought was going to be great in the offseason. And, you know, we all got a little distracted by their fantasy numbers at the end of it, Mm -hmm. the season before in garbage time. So just kind of got paid and and went off of nowhere. I want to put the little, you know, pump the brakes, put the caution out there for fans who are remembering those Denver days. Ryan Tannehill is not Peyton Manning. Yeah, he's not Peyton Manning, but... There are two things that we got to look at. And one, the subscribers and the viewers and listeners are probably screaming at us right now. 
This was Adam Gase's tight end mm-hmm. when he was in Denver. Sure. Him and Thomas have a history. Thomas can come in. He knows the offense that Gase wants to run, and they can hit the ground running. And he was a big piece in that Denver offense. Also, you look at the 2015 season when Gase was with the Chicago Bears. What did they also have? This was before they traded him. They had Martellus Bennett. So in order to have the, to me, the Adam Gase offense be effective, you need a tight end. And this was the Dolphins saying, you know what? If we can go out, we can get him. Our head coach, I'm assuming Adam Gase had say in this. He was like, hey, let's go get this guy. If we can get him for the price we want, let's get him. He knows my system. I have a rapport with him. I can work with him. And then we don't have to re-sign Jordan Cameron, who has kind of been, I don't want to say like, oh, he's a failure from the experiment from Cleveland, but Mm -hmm. he hasn't been what we expected. Like when he signed in Miami, when he got to Miami, it was like, oh man, Jordan Cameron, he's finally on a team. He's not in Cleveland. He's going to do something. And it hasn't really been what we all thought it was. And now with Julius Thomas, I think that It's a guy, a receiver, a main guy that Tannehill can maybe fall on as a safety Mm -hmm. blanket like like Peyton Manning did when he was in Denver. Yep, Uh, but that whole offense was filled with weapons with Julius Thomas. Julius Thomas was a big surprise. The thing about Martellus Bennett, too, 2015, uh, an injury year for Mm -hmm. Martellus Bennett. Anyone in Chicago will remember that. Only played 11 games. Only played 11 games, but also only... 439 yards. But, I mean, even take that. Zach Miller stepped in. And mm-hmm. that tight end, what I'm saying is that tight end position is a valuable but one I don't with think the Adam it, Gase offense. But my thing is that Adam Gase didn't turn Martellus Bennett into amazingness. No. Martellus I, Bennett's good season was before that. His best season of his career was the year before I'm just Gase saying he up. had a quality player at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. And even in Zach Miller, Zach Miller did a fine job filling in for Bennett. Was the Were the Bears a great team? No, but it mm-hmm. was... The one thing just, that's an important position in this it offense. Is. It is, but I I don't I'm not saying it's gonna be terrible. I'm just saying we should all pump the brakes. I don't think that everybody should expect great things out of the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Uh well they still need other receivers. Yeah. They do. I mean Devonta Parker to me hasn't like he's shown he's shown flashes. We expected still, more. We expected more, especially out of his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Kenny Stills, he's a free agent right now. And it's one of those things, are you going to bring him back? Right now the only four receivers that they have on the roster according to our lads in their depth chart, Devonta Parker, Kenny Stills, but like I said, he's red, he's a free agent. And then they also have um Leonte Carew and then Rashawn Scott. Those are the only receivers they have right they now. Have oh, they, have, right now? they have Landry and yeah. Grant. I didn't look at the slot. So they have Landry and Grant along with that. So really you've got Parker and Landry mm-hmm. and Stills if you re-sign them. So, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not a terrible wide receiving group that you have. But not you, great. But, but you but... might be able to go out there and get somebody. <coughs> Victor Cruz. <coughs> Victor. I don't know, though. Victor Cruz Could has. Bring, if you can bring him in for cheap. But is he going to play? I mean, injury has been a big issue for him. Even when he was fine, all depends. Would have thought all depends on how much moolah anybody can get open when Odell Beckham Jr. is on the opposite (laughs) side, and Victor Cruz still couldn't get it done, except for Wubin Wandel. Wubin Wandel could not. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in Victor Cruz, and I was a believer in the resurgence of Victor Cruz because of circumstance. 
Uh, and it really didn't happen. So I don't know if I'm going to buy in on that either. Uh, if you want to keep the Adam Gase thing and the Chicago thing going with, when we were talking about Martellus Bennett earlier, uh, you know, make a shot at all, Sean. Why not? Well, that's a big thing. There's your weapon. The one thing, and this is all going to the big thing that comes down mm-hmm. from now until Tuesday is who gets franchise tagged. Because right now I am looking at, and of course, this is off of salary. This isn't off of production. I could probably go to yards last season. And right now the unrestricted free agents, according to, I'm looking at spotrack.com, you've got Pierre Garçon could be a free agent. Deshaun Jackson could be a free agent. Alshon could. Um, Ted Ginn Jr., Kenny Britt. Victor Cruz, we already know, has been let go by the Giants. There are some guys out there that if they don't get franchise tagged or re-signed with their teams, there are some guys right now before free agency that the Dolphins could go after, and they could also go after a wide receiver in the draft as well. Yeah, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because of the free agency that's coming up, because of those those guys that do stay with their teams. And then with the NFL draft coming up, Mm-hmm. If the Miami Dolphins wanted a wide receiver, they are in a pretty good position to where they could get. They're not going to get one of the top two, three guys, uh, but they could still get a quality wide receiver. I don't think that's the right move. I think go on the defensive side of the ball and prove that. Are you talking draft? Yeah. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yeah. I'm saying that they're in a prime spot where they could get some talent on the defensive side of the ball. They could get some talent as a wide receiver position, too. Uh, they're you know, maybe they'll hope that your your wild mm-hmm. dream and your mock draft comes true and Corey Davis drops. Well, and that's the thing I was That's gonna, a good situation well, there. And that's what I was going to throw out there because mm-hmm. it depends on who you look at. If you look at Todd McShay, he is Corey Davis in the top five or in the, yeah, top five going to he was Tennessee number five. at number five. Mm-hmm. Then he's got Mike Williams going a little bit later, whereas Mel Kuyper's got. Mike Williams going 14. That's a top wide receiver. Corey Davis going 19. And one guy that he has that Todd McShay didn't. And this is a guy that I kind of before the podcast was like, ah, mm-hmm. let's let's see if we can talk a little bit about him. I'll throw him in. He, in here, because they have Julius Thomas, sure up that kind of uh, tight end position. Is it possible that I know it's depending on a good combine performance, a good pro day performance. Yep, wherever exactly. Wherever he can get some good plays in, is Zay Jones going to be a guy that could maybe rise to 22? Because the one thing I know we heard it here in Chicago from our sports radio, the Bears staff, because they got to coach him at the Senior Bowl, fell in love with this kid. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were really impressed with him. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like you like you said, it's all going to depend on the pro day and the combine. We need to see a little bit more because everyone was like, huh, this kid can play. But what they need to see is, yes, this kid will translate to the NFL and will be good on the team. So right now I have him slotted like second round Mm -hmm. because I think he has built his way up and some team is going to think that he's a steal. Whether he is or he isn't, we'll find out. But I think a team will say he's a steal. We're going to grab him in the second. And also on the offensive side, last thing I kind of want to mention is this. Mm -hmm is we've talked about the receivers now that, like I'm going to say again, that tight end to me is sheared up because you would like to think that, like I said, a guy in Thomas knows the system of Adam Gase and you're confident in that. Is Jay Ajayi going to have the same or a similar season 
that he had in 2016. Well, that is a fair question yeah, to ask. It is, and especially when you're looking at shaking up. You know, uh, Brandon mm-hmm. Albert is no longer part of this team. Left tackle, so you have things changing. Is Tunzel going to get moved over to tackle? God, what if what if Cam Robinson falls like he has in mm-hmm. mock drafts? Then later later on at 22, do you take Cam Robinson to fill that Albert hole? But there's it's a lot possible. of things you can do. You know, you'll definitely have some some people saying oh, you created a hole mm-hmm. on the team, but I'm going to say that Brandon Albert, even though he's a two-time Pro Bowler, he older player. I think it was like his ninth season, ninth, tenth, something like that. Uh, so older player, so definitely getting younger is good, and this is a team that has shown that they are wanting to invest mm-hmm. in the offensive line. Uh, which is definitely good, and I also just say that you know Bushrod being a part of an offensive line doesn't excite me that much. Well, apparently uh, for our lads, he's a free agent, so they got to have to resign. So him. they got to resign yeah. if they want him. So yeah, it's certainly something that you can do. The thing for the Miami Dolphins is right now they have officially become one of those teams where you really have no clue what the next step is until free agency. Mm -hmm. So until the draft. Until next week. Yeah, so for the draft is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. We have no idea what they're going to do until they start making those moves because there's holes at the offensive line. They need weapons to throw to. Defense needs some ways to go. We need to see where their priorities are to start to understand what they want to do next. And the last thing I want to throw in here is I said that we we're mainly going to focus on the Dolphins, but I want to throw a little bit in about the Jaguars because they were also the other team in this trade. They give up Julius Thomas. They bring in a left tackle in Albert. The one question I want to ask for them is what does this do? Because let's be honest, my mock draft changes completely. I had them going offensive tackle with the number four overall pick because I thought that, you know what, safety's a need, but you can get it later. You need an offensive tackle, and this is not a very deep offensive tackle draft. Now that they have Alberts, if you are Albert, if you are in the war room for Jacksonville, and I know free agent's going to trade anything, but Mm -hmm. just because of this trade, where do you go if you're Jacksonville? Well, it's tough now because I always was in the impression that you go defense, Anyways, because it is so defensive heavy, so Al- defensive so strong. Adams or Hooker, whoever. Yeah, whichever available. one's there. Uh, but you got to, and I don't think that the the first round at number four overall is where you do this. But mm-hmm. you got to look at it. And like I said, Julius Thomas disappeared when it came to Jacksonville. But he's not. He's going to take OJ Howard at four. No, you're definitely not going to do that. And like I said, you still go defense at yeah. four. Uh, but when it comes to that second round. All of a sudden, because Robinson and Hearns are great players, but they did not do mm-hmm. what we kind of hoped they would do with Bortles. So, hoping a Zay Jones is there. You gotta. They might be a team that does take that. We think we got the steal here mm-hmm. uh, because you have all these teams. Or if Howard doesn't go in the first round, mm-hmm. you know you have a new hole that you need. You need a new playmaker on the offensive side of the ball because Blake Bortles has shown that he needs a lot of help. Uh, his team doesn't really believe in him. They're just kind of stuck with him by default right now, <laughs> and. He needs something. I mean, we've been saying it year after year that he needs to get those weapons so he mm-hmm. can prove himself. And we thought that last year he had the weapons so mm-hmm. he could prove himself, uh, and it didn't happen. You know, we thought we were a little silly and a little early to talk about was it the make or break year for Blake Bortles? It nearly was. It nearly was. So I don't know. The Jackson Jaguar or Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jackson Jaguars. Might as well at this point. <laughs> uh, you guys got to go with defense. 
I think all four teams, really, mm-hmm. well, all five teams, really, with Tennessee as well, probably should go defense right off the bat. Uh, but obviously, there's not enough players to do that. The only one I'm going to disagree with you there is Tennessee, only because and this the other is ones in, will be gone well, by that time. Well, and this is in my mind mm-hmm. of they are in the unique position of they have two draft picks, and really their two biggest needs are wide receiver and corner. Which one's more deeper? The cornerback position. Push that off to the second pick in that round. Go get your wide receiver. Make your yeah. pick of Davis and Williams. That's what I think. That's corner, what I'm sitting right now. Mm-hmm. But obviously, like you said, free agency is going to tr- going to change all this. Yes, yeah. and you guys heard it here first. The cornerback position is more deeper, according to Ricky. Yeah, well, it's deeper. <laughs> it's more deeper. But it is more deeper. This is where you guys come in, though. Let us know down below. What do you think this means for Jacksonville? What do you think this means for the Dolphins moving forward? And is is Julius Thomas the missing piece for this Dolphin offense? And, Mark, we're going to move on into our next topic, which is Tony Romo. And we are talking mainly because last week after we recorded the podcast, everyone was talking about, are the, are the Cowboys going to cut Tony Romo? Are they going to cut him and he could pick anywhere he wants to go? Well, we're probably going to we're gonna play speculation right now. And I'm going to ask you this. Where will Tony Romo be playing football next season? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's get to it. So. Tony Romo needs to do something smart. He needs to go to a championship contender. All right. He needs to make that happen. He needs to go somewhere where he can do a Tom Brady-esque deal of, hey, you know what? I'll take a smaller cut. Let's get some good players. Let's make it happen. He essentially wants to take his talents, and I'm not saying this is where he's going to go, take his talents to South Beach and take his friends with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, I guess, join his friend in South Beach. But whatever. So you need to create this super team. Uh, and you will if you know me, you know it's rare that I say you should make a super team. I'm very anti-super team. When you um, get to the point, can I guess the team? Sure. Okay. Because uh, I think I know where you're going. So I, I really think that you need to bring... You know, make the stars align here. Go to your perfect situation. Get yourself a quality defense, something that he's kind of never really had. Uh, I know where he's going. For the Cowboys. And just make it perfect so you can get this one, you can win your ring, and you can shut up all the doubters of saying, yeah, but he doesn't have a ring. Go ahead, Ricky. Denver. It makes too much sense. I knew you were going It makes too much sense. I knew it. You can beat... Any of the other quarterbacks that are in competition. Maybe. No, you would. Well, it'd be between what? Him and Alex Smith? And depends on how. In Denver? Well, in that division, I'm talking. Oh. No, no, I'm saying oh, on the you're team. talking about on the team. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. the starter without. Because I was going to say questions. Derek Carr and Alex Smith, more Derek Carr might give him a run for his money. I mean, people want to say that the Denver Broncos should sign Matt Barkley all of a sudden. What the hell? What the no. hell? If any team, the Bears should just ride with them one more year so you suck for a year and you get a better quarterback. Yeah, you'll get the number one overall pick. <laughs> so, speaking of picks, Matt Barkley. Uh, and the thing here is— But at least they're not pick sixes. Like we're going to see in San Fran if uh, the yeah. Schwabsters, their starting quarterback. Hey, that man knows how to throw the pick six. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the thing about the Den- Denver uh, Broncos is the team to go to. Mm-hmm. Great defense. You don't have to put up tons and tons of numbers. You can mimic Peyton Manning. 
Just put up enough. Be competent enough. The hard thing with the Denver Broncos is going to be the fact that Trevor obviously Simeon and Paxton Lynch. No, no, screw that. Tony Romo is <laughs> better than both those guys. Uh, and especially Tony Romo, when you're signing Tony Romo to be a quarterback. Anyone who signs him, he's going to be the quarterback. Uh, it's the fact that you have coaching changes. Gary Kubiak is out. You know, he's retired. So if you want to go to somewhere with a little bit more stability, somewhere where you can really expect it, still a good defense. Got a lot of good weapons there as well. Uh, you're for sure going to be the starting quarterback. The Houston Texans. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, you're talking about defense. Why not go to the number one scoring defense? You don't even have to drive from that a year far. ago. No, you don't. You can go from Dallas to Houston. And the only thing that makes this one tricky is, is how much money you gave to Brock that you gave to Brock the cock. Cock yeah. will do. And that's why Tony Romo would almost have to be willing to take the pay cut mm-hmm. to get his ring. Because to me, there's two teams. And the only reason, like, the Broncos make sense, but the only reason why I don't see it is because I don't see Vance, Vance Joseph, I don't see him being like, yeah, let's go get Tony Romo. Make a splash. I don't see him being that guy. I see John Elway being like, yeah, sure, let's bring him in. But I don't see Vance Joseph saying, you know what, this is the guy that we need to get. And I know it's all about if Elway wants him, Elway is going to go get him. Yeah. I think there's two teams that I could see, and these are not who he should go to. These are just two teams that I think he will be playing for next year. He's going to play for both of them. The good is the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. If he goes to Houston and the big thing, like you said, defense. No, I said number one scoring defense in the NFL last year. Then you look at the division. If I'm going to compare Broncos to Texans, if you go to the AFC West, you got to deal with Phillip Rivers. Well, the Chargers aren't that good, though. So you got to deal with Phillip Rivers, but he doesn't have a team. You got to deal with Derek Carr and that resurging Oakland Raider team. That's a scary That's team. That's a good team. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they're no joke. That defense is no joke. Alex Smith, good quarterback. So you're going up against two good teams and a team that has a good quarterback, but I still think they're in the bottom of the AFC West. You go over to the AFC South, you have a Jacksonville Jaguar team that still doesn't know what they're doing. You have a Tennessee Titan team where how is Marcus Mariota going to be with his injury by week one, you could pounce. You could pounce on them. And then you look at the Colts. Do you think that in year number one that they're going to get Andrew Luck enough help on the offensive line for him to be successful? No, they're not. And the one thing I will say is the Cowboys, or not the Cowboys, the Colts, I'm still thinking go defense because I want to say Andrew Luck, what, undefeated when they give up 19 or less points? On the defensive side for Indy, yeah, the man knows how to do, score. You stack up the offense, you stack up the defense, and you make sure opponents can't score. But with how weak those three offenses are, I mean, yeah, Andrew Luck's a good quarterback, but he has nothing to work with. Go to Houston, rule the division, win the division, go to the playoffs, and then it's anyone's game in the playoffs. And depending mm-hmm. on, I mean, it's one of those things with how are the Steelers going to look? There were rumors about Big Ben maybe hanging up the hanging up the cleats. If he I'm did, not, that would be perfect. I'm not saying go there. I'm saying it would like, be great though. This Texan team with Tony Romo, they could be a number two seed. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Patriots are the number one seed. Let's not get anything twisted, but they could be the two or three. They could be the two or three in the AFC and have a chance where we're talking about them 
maybe being an AFC kind of championship contender. Well, contender being the team that's there. I mean, the Patriots are still the team that everyone expects to be there and go to the Super Bowl. So I think the the one thing that kind of – I mean, I definitely think Houston's a great option too. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, I, I don't want people to sleep on the Tennessee Titans next year. Andrew Luck, they're definitely not going to turn things around mm-hmm. in one year. But it was a 500 team. And uh, I mean, Tony Romo really he, – isn't he kind of like Peyton Manning where really you're only looking at two years? Oh, for sure. To me, you're only looking two years. It's like Peyton Manning. And he's got the injuries just like Peyton mm-hmm. Manning. Uh, I just think that this is a great – either one of these teams are great options. Houston Texans, you probably do have the lesser division competition. But – Nine and seven, nine and seven, eight and eight. So it's not like you're that far ahead of these other teams. Tennessee almost got into the playoffs as well. Indianapolis was not too far from it. So you definitely have potential to compete there. Uh, but getting JJ Watt back, that'd be huge. Do you want to hear my bad? Sure. I, I gave you the good with the Texans. You want to hear the bad? Sure. The Bears. No, nah, doesn't make sense. Th- you say it doesn't make sense, but it's one of those things where Ryan Pace, connection with Romo, was actually at Eastern Illinois, was the team captain when Romo was a freshman in 1999. The Bears are a team that, if they can't get any magic done with Jimmy Garoppolo, they might be sitting, looking into the draft, saying, yeah, I don't feel confident in either of these quarterbacks in the top three. Let's take Romo. At least we have a quarterback. It's one of those things where, to me, it's kind of like if it's Romo where it's like, oh, none of the other good teams want me. At least I can go to the Bears, and at least he's starting. And with the Mm. Bears, it wouldn't be the smartest move, but I could just see that being a Bear move. No, the move doesn't make sense on either side. It doesn't make sense for the Bears because they're in a rebuild. Why would they go get a quarterback that's going to win them games single-handedly and then mess up the rebuild? Uh, and then on Tony Romo's side, he wants to go for a contender. I And people, don't jump at me when I say this. Well, I'm saying what if a contender doesn't want Romo? I would rather, if I'm Tony Romo, I'm putting on my Romo hat, my Romo helmet right now, my <laughs> Romo hat. I'd rather go play for the New York Jets than the Chicago Bears. Unless you got weapons. I mean... You've got Jordan Howard in Chicago. You got a defense. You got a mm-hmm. young. You got a defense. rookie who did it once. You got a, a a young defense that had a lot of injuries. At least uh, in the New York Jets, you know you got Brandon Marshall. You got Matt Forte, proven veterans out there. Eric Decker. You've got some good weapons in a defense that hey, was unloved. But according to Alshon, if they if they franchise tag him, remember what Alshon said, Bears winning the Super Bowl 2017. Yeah, he wants to get paid. Next year, uh, the Bears are going to march into Minnesota, mm-hmm. and they're going to win the Super Bowl. That's, That's also a big thing, too, with Alshon Jeffrey, though, because Tony Romo, guy demands a big contract, probably. Uh, so that's, would Jimmy that's, Garoppolo, potentially. That's the thing, though, because he's getting older. Is he going to garner that big of a contract? Or is he going to take a little bit less? If he's going to go somewhere like Chicago, he's going to want a big contract. He's going to want to get paid. If he's going to play somewhere where he's going to get hit a lot, uh, which is, you know, what's going to break him, Mm -hmm. he wants to get paid. Do you think there's a way that, and this is going back to Houston, if Houston goes and gets him, do you think that there's a market out there for them to trade Brock the Cock? And do you think they actually look at that if they have Romo? If it wasn't for the contract, I would say, yeah, I think a team would take a chance on Brock Osweiler. 
Because, like I said before, you know, yes, he had a terrible season last year. Uh, but he also did well in Denver. He is not a Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback, but he's a quarterback to where if you can get the system working right, he can be successful. He's mm-hmm. already shown that. He's already proven that. Uh, didn't last that long, and then Peyton Manning came and took his job back. But, you know, he definitely performed well enough that I think teams would be willing to give him a chance because if team if the Houston Texans just flat out cut him, which I, I don't believe in doing that You're either. talking about if they just flat out cut Brock. Yeah, if they just got rid of Brock Osweiler, I guarantee you he will be picked up by a team, and a lot of teams will pick up the phone to call and see. Well, and I mean, I'm looking at an article right now, and there are three teams for Tony Romo that they have that we have not mentioned. The other three that they have that we did mention, the Broncos, the Texans, and the Bears, here are the three teams they have that we don't. Number one, and they sit at number three on this list, the Kansas City Chiefs. At number four, the Buffalo Bills. And then number six, the Arizona Cardinals. So the one that makes the most sense to me is the Cardinals just because... Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer is also old. But Carson Palmer, you know, you can't just get rid of Carson Palmer for Tony Romo. That doesn't make sense. It's a completely lateral move. Um, Even though a lot of people are firmly not believing in Carson Palmer after this year. But... uh, it's still a good team, still a good option to go to. Uh, the thing for the Buffalo Bills to me is one of those. Tyrod's still there? Tyrod's still there. You know, are they really going to get rid of this guy who has done so well for them? Mm-hmm. And Tony Romo is an upgrade over Tyrod Taylor. I'm not going to say he's not. But are the Buffalo Bills really in that win now mentality? Uh, and then finally, um, I'm blanking on the other team. Who was the other team? The Chiefs. The Chiefs. It's an upgrade over Alex Smith. I mean, I guess so. Uh, but once again, I see it as honestly a pretty lateral move. Well, it's one of those the things point. where I just don't get in this article why the Chiefs are at number three. Because it says, like it opens up saying, in late January, Andy Reid doubled down on his quarterback, insisting there's no question Alex Smith is the man. A week ago, general manager John Dorsey emphasized that the Chiefs had said all along Smith is the starter. Then why is why is it number three? Like I look at that and I go, why? Alex Smith is the guy. Yeah. Unless he gets injured. Unless that's what you're praying but on, you're, he gets injured. You're not getting it. This is not a situation where to, you can get Tony Romo and say, hey, maybe Alex Smith will get hurt. To me, there are three teams in my mind. The two that we mentioned off the top, the Texans mm-hmm. and the Broncos. And I think that third team is Chicago. And the only reason why I think that is, yes, you talk about, oh, well, if he goes to Chicago, he ruins the rebuild. But I look at a world where what if there's the unique ability that people just go, no, we're good. Like I'm talking about like a Denver, a Houston, the contenders that he'd want to go to. They just go, no, we're good. That could be not, that could be a chance. It's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying that would definitely happen. But it's possible. If that happens, you're telling me the Bears would sit there and go, no, we're not going to sign him. We're going to either go with uh, Brian Hoyer, Matt Barkley, any of the rookies in the draft over Tony Romo. 
You're kidding me. John Fox I, would take Tony no, Romo not, in a heartbeat, I no, think. No, because they know what direction the team is going in, and it's not John Fox's choice. It's Phil Emery. Or Phil Emery. Oh, God, please, no. <laughs> Ryan Pace's yeah, choice. Phil, Phil Emery's now If it's Phil Emery's Phil, choice, that's going to happen. Phil, Phil Emery, uh, I, mm-hmm. I believe, came this close to winning the Super Bowl. I think he's on the staff in Atlanta now. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's right. In Atlanta, so he came close to winning the Super Bowl. I blame it on him. Uh, <laughs> why they why they blew that? Why they uh, blew it. But blew the thing is, lead. no, it doesn't make any sense for the direction of the team. The direction of the team is not win now. You are not going to win a Super Bowl next year or the year after that. So why would you bother getting Tony Romo, a guy who's there to win a Super Bowl? And I'm not. Is it the Chicago way of let's stay relevant? Um, no, because I think that you have. And I mean the Chicago way over sports. I know because I the Sox. I think that beside the Bulls are the exception here, but I think these teams the Bulls are, are the master stay right trying to change that. Mm-hmm. We saw it with the Cubs complete rebuild. Mm-hmm. Chicago White Sox with the sale trade are pretty much in a rebuild as well. Not one hundred percent, but mm-hmm. they're getting there. The Chicago Bears were a rebuild. They got rid of everything essentially, except for you know some of the core pieces like Alshon and and Jay Cutler, uh, but. You see teams trying to change that. To me, it doesn't make sense with the direction of the team. They know they need something young. They need mm-hmm. to get something fresh. And young can be Jimmy Garoppolo Which or Kirk Jimmy Cousins. Garoppolo would be a – I would take Jimmy Garoppolo over Tony Romo. Tony Romo to Chicago to me has just never made sense because they are at different points in their timelines. Well, Tony Jimmy, Romo needs to win now. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Bears need to win in like four years or five years. Which you could do with – that's why I said maybe – like I said, Jimmy Garoppolo would be the better choice. Mm-hmm. I just with this Tony Romo, it's going to be interesting. There could be the unique possibility the Cowboys keep him. The Cowboys just hang on to him and say, "You're our backup. You ain't going." Anywhere. I can't imagine that either, though. It's one of those things where, what if Dak goes down? We they, got Tony. I think they got to have enough respect for him to let him to let him go get the chance. The problem they're going to have is trading him, mm-hmm. well, and I no, think no team is going to give up. Great value after reports come out that will they cut him? Yeah, and I and because he's got two years left. He's got the 2017 season and two years left under his contract. And it's hard for for the Dallas Cowboys to cut him just because of his talent and stuff like that. But well, you know what's actually really big? This past year mm-hmm. he made 8.5 million, jumped up to 14 for this next year for 2017. Yeah. Wow. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Tony Romo. Uh, you know, I just hope for his sake that the Cowboys let him go where he wants. Don't even trade. Mm-hmm. You know, I it, I don't know. It's a business. We can't ignore the fact that it's a business. Yeah, the, the Cowboys need to do the best business decision for them. But I really wish that they would just cut Tony Romo and say, good luck, go where you'd like. Well, and before we cut off, is there anything with this Tony Romo discussion that you thought that or that you think that we didn't touch or that we need uh, to touch? I hope Tony Romo surprises us, uh, surprises us all and just goes to Jacksonville. <laughs> goes to, goes it's to, warm there. Well, hey, could go to Cleveland. It's nice. It's not warm in Cleveland. Could, yeah, but he could be with the Wolverine. No, no. You got to go somewhere nice. Could go be with the Wolverine. Go, chink, chink. go to Miami and, and go get a beach. Get <laughs> go, tanned. Go get a beach and kick Tannehill out that of town. Five head could get tanned. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below in the comment section. What do you guys think? Where do you guys think Tony Romo will be playing next year? Let us know in the comments down below. And all right, Mark, we're going to move on into our final discussion of the podcast. And 
It all comes down to this is our this is our preview, our 2017 NFL free agency preview, getting you all set up for what is going to happen a week from now. Well, yeah, less than a week from now if you're listening to this mm-hmm. on YouTube is this upcoming Tuesday, the free agency period begins and we're going to talk about a little free agency about the free agents that are exciting us and I want to actually start with a position. And that's the most important position in football, baby. I want to look at the quarterbacks. And right now, people could be franchise tagged. We're recording this on Monday. But here are the top five free agent quarterbacks when it comes to passing yards. I'm going from how many passing yards they had last season. Are right. you ready for it, Mark? Sure. Kurt Cousins. Yep. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Case Keenum. Matt Barkley. Brian Hoyer. What are you thinking of this top five in the free agency Obviously, category? Obviously, Kirk Cousins is the breadwinner of that group. Probably going to get franchise tag again. Yeah, he's going to get paid, whether it's a, a real deal or franchise tag. I think it's a slap in his face if he gets a second franchise tag. I don't. You I, think he needs a deal? I do agree on the standpoint. I forgot who initially said this, but someone who said it's kind of a joke that a, a team can franchise, franchise tag a player twice in a row. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do that. Uh, and I. I agree, and I know that the the deal goes up and whatever, whatever. But anyways, the man needs to get paid. Uh, He needs to get his his real contract. The other things in there, um, Matt Barkley is a joke, but he will probably get a team to look at him. He will probably get a backup job after he gets the chance to maybe compete. Do you think Barkley or Hoyer come back to the Bears? Hoyer might. I think Hoyer might. I don't think Barkley would because I think the Bears saw what they needed to see out of Mm -hmm. him. I think Hoyer could get the chance to compete with Shaw and whoever – whatever rookie they probably end up with. Uh, Hoyer will probably start somewhere next year. Maybe not week one, but he'll get his opportunity to start. He will be probably a stopgap for a team. That's if he doesn't go to the Bears. Exactly, if he's not in the Bears. Uh, And then who's the other guy you mentioned? Case Keenum and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Don't expect anything out of Case Keenum, really. Uh, not that he was anything that terrible, mm-hmm. but he was a stopgap that wasn't very good. Uh, he'll probably be a backup somewhere. And Fitzpatrick, I don't he's know. He's the most interesting one to me. Oh, really? I was gonna say I don't know if anyone's gonna be interested. I think it's one of those things where he's not gonna get signed day one, but it's gonna be one of those things to me where I feel like as we get later into the free agency, maybe even after the draft. There's going to be a team not quite happy with their quarterback situation. Takes a dive. Takes a, mm-hmm. and I say a dive on Ryan Fitzpatrick it after depends, last season. It depends how much money he's asking I for. I don't think he goes back to the Jets. That's because for sure. Because the big issue, oh, there's no way he's going back to the Jets. The big issue was he wanted to get paid and the Jets wouldn't do it. And nobody else was interested. Yeah, but now he had a fucking shit season. So, but I mean, does he still. That doesn't matter. Does he still want to get paid? Does he still believe that he deserves that kind of money? Well, because then he, he ain't was playing anywhere. He was prepared to not play anywhere. Mm-hmm. He only, was prepared to sit out I and think, not play I anywhere. I think he's going to have to take less money because it's one of those he things. He does. Where you had a shit season yeah. last year. There's no denying that he's not. I mean, he's had a shit career for the most part. <laughs> I mean, I'm over exaggerating. Yeah, I'm over exaggerating a little one bit. One good season. Uh, but the thing for him is. He was prepared to not go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything that different to this. I think there's a very real chance that nobody is interested and he goes nowhere. 
I really think that's a uh, an actual possibility here because of what he has shown us of he believes in himself and he thinks he should get paid. Yeah, I just I look at it and I think that there will be a team where it goes, hey, you know what? We should probably get a quarterback. Going to be one of those teams that don't have mm-hmm. a starter in place. And the one team, I hope he doesn't go there, but maybe a team like I'm going to throw out the Bears because the Bears don't have a starting quarterback. The Bears don't have one. And the thing, I know that you say, you said it in the Romo one of, hey, you know what, that doesn't, and Ryan Fitzpatrick would not fit a rebuild. Actually, maybe he would because you're not going to win games with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's kind of a stopgap, yeah. But it's one of those things where maybe a team like the Bears mm. say we're not happy with what we got, eh. and he's cheap. But I really think, I think they I like my, Shaw and they like Hoyer. If I have to put my money on it, I don't think he plays for anybody. Because other than the Bears, I can't see a team that would be like, yeah, let's take on Ryan Fitzpatrick. The other thing, of course, um, to think about with the Bears, and I'm not going to get into the discussion. I just want to throw it out there okay. in honor of Mike Rankin. I'd rather have Jay Cutler. Okay. It's a lateral move. It's yeah, the exact same quarterback. He is technically still there. Yeah, it's the exact same quarterback. technically still there. I want to move over, though, in the wide receiver position. Cool. There's a lot more names to talk about. Obviously, Alshon Jeffrey, yep. unless he gets franchise tagged. We got mm-hmm. right now Vincent Jackson, Victor Cruz. I mentioned Garcon and Jackson earlier in the podcast. Anquan Bolden, Kenny Britt. Which one of these free agent wide receivers could be anybody are you most excited about entering the free agent pool? Well, Alshon Jeffrey has to be the most exciting because of the he's the gonna times get, he's going to get tagged though, right? Probably he probably will, um, but I'm not sure. I mean, that's another one of those situations where he got tagged last year. So are you really going to tag him again? Uh, and you you know that contract or that amount of money to do it really mm-hmm. skyrockets. And also he really wasn't there much for the Chicago Bears last year. Uh, so definitely. I don't know. There's questions there, but he's definitely going to go somewhere. He's going to be the one who, you know, all 32 teams are calling and and trying to see what they can do because he is a great talent, especially if you are a team that can pair him with somebody else who can demand respect and demand Mm -hmm. attention to. Alshon Jeffrey is an amazing option. I just think the thing with Jeffrey that makes me not excited about him is the franchise tag. I think he's going to get tagged because I looked at – I look at the rest of your free agents, and it's one of those things where I don't see somebody that is worth a tag. Like, I I, I look at Marquise Wilson, but then I go, yeah, if you tag him, you're paying him like a number one, and Marquise Wilson is obviously not a number one. There's guys on the defense, Cornelius Washington, or, yeah, Cornelius Washington, C.J. Wilson, Sam Achoe. I wouldn't franchise tag any of these guys. You don't guys. have to use their franchise tag, though. You don't have to, but let's mm. be honest. If Alshon Jeffrey's out there, are you going to let him walk or are you going to franchise tag Depends what tag you want to do with that money. Well, really, it's— What else would you rather do with the money? Well, really, the one thing I'm doing if I'm the Bears, I ain't letting them walk. I'm either franchise tagging them and saying you're playing for us, or I'm franchise tagging them and trying to find a trade partner. I don't know. I ain't letting them walk for nothing. I don't know about that. Uh— what I would do if I was the Chicago Bears Because is, you're number one if he walks, and, mm-hmm. and I mean— Is Cameron you, Meredith. Oh, it, it could be. like It would be. Right now, I'm looking. Meredith is behind him. 
Wouldn't it be Kevin Kevin White? I mean, he's been injured, but right now he's a mystery. Right now it's Elshon and White on the R land. At least Cameron Meredith, <sighs> we got game film on him. Or is it Bellamy? Or is it Eddie Royal? Or no, the, it's it's Cameron I am, Meredith. I am not excited about this Bears wide receiver core if Alshon walks. And you shouldn't be. But the thing <laughs> for it is, is like I'm saying for the Chicago Bears of Alshon, it's a question of money. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? If I could, if I had to not have Alshon Jeffrey, but I can get Eric Berry. I'm taking Eric Berry. What about? I'd much I'm rather a, have Eric Berry. I'm going to throw this out there, and it all depends on how much money he wants. Mm-hmm. If you're a Bears fan, would you be okay with them if they could get if let Elshon walk and maybe not Eric Berry, but on the offensive side, if they can get Victor Cruz for cheap? I'm not saying the same money that you'd mm-hmm. pay Elshon, but if they were able to grab a Victor Cruz for a maybe two year contract, I'd rather have Pierre Gar- uh, Garcon. Or Deshaun Jackson, one of the two. Yeah, uh, you know it's. I just think that Victor Cruz is done in the NFL. Um, if I had to pick one of the guys in the list of wide receivers to just be done, it's Victor Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, Deshaun Jackson, eh? I'd rather have Pierre Garcon. Do you think which Gar- isn't not? I mean, I don't know necessarily talent wise. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have him. I just think he's he's just a good guy to have and on the, the roster. And the thing that's interesting about Garcon and Jackson is. A, they're both 30, so they're getting over that age. And two, neither of them are probably going to get the franchise tag because Washington's going to use it on Curdy Cousins. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, let me put it this way, if you're Garcon or Jackson, do you re-sign with the Redskins? If you can, sure. Why not? Like, would you want to re-sign with the Redskins or is there another team out there that you're like, I want to play wide receiver with this quarterback. I want to play with this team. Well, I think part of it's going to depend on what those calls are. You know, if you can get the opportunity to uh, to play in, I don't know, let's say like Houston. You know, a team that doesn't necessarily absolutely need wide receivers, but mm-hmm. certainly could use some help to get that offense going. That's a good place to play, especially if they have the opportunity to not have Brock Osweiler be the quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, go back to that Tony Romo conversation. Uh, that would be nice, sure. But when you really look at Kirk Cousins, if we're believing that he's the real deal and he had his second season to prove it, so we should believe it by now, uh, then why would you want to go somewhere else? You are a good team. You have a good quarterback. You're in a division that you can win. Let me throw this out there, and this is a team, a team-based question about the wide receivers. Tennessee, they're a team that we've been talking about in draft talks with wide receiver. I said it earlier: take a wide receiver at five, or take a yeah, wide receiver at five, cornerback at eighteen, because there's a deeper cornerback draft this year. What if the Tennessee Titans? Do you see them maybe going out? To a Pierre Garçon, to a Deshaun Jackson, one of those guys that we know isn't going to get franchise tagged, mm-hmm. saying, here you go, big boy, here's a contract, come play for us, we need a wide receiver to help out our young quarterback. I think you could get something like that, especially if you get one of these guys that you know is a number two, because mm-hmm. uh, you could still draft a wide receiver. You don't have to, but you could still draft a wide receiver. They, they kind of did that last year with, with Rashard Matthews. Mm-hmm. So they got him, they... I mean, they went out, and I believe they were the ones that traded Doriel Green Beckham away. Yeah. They traded him to the Eagles, so they don't have him anymore. I mean, they drafted him thinking high hopes. I I think the, the Titans, it'll be interesting to see if they go out there for a wide receiver because 
There are ones where Vincent Jackson might get franchise tagged. He might be one of those guys where it's like Tampa Bay goes, you know what, we're not going to let you walk, even though you're 34. Um, Victor Cruz, I just he's a big name, and I, big names usually he was gobbled a, he up. He was in a free big agency. name like three, four years ago. Still though, if you're a team that really needs wide receivers, when was the last time Victor Cruz was relevant? Oh, I'm I'm not saying he's the best mm. thing since sliced bread, Mark. I'm just saying if you need a wide receiver and he's there, there's going to be a team that takes a flyer on him. And I wonder who that team is going to be. I don't know. I think be. there's less interest in Victor Cruz this year. You know, he's just he's been nothing for a long time, and injury know, has been what the issue is. You know who I could see taking a flyer on him, and I'm sorry for the fans of this team for saying this: the Eagles. Just because it just sounds like an Eagle thing to do. Let's take a wide receiver that played in our division for another team, mm-hmm. and then they come to Philly, and then they don't do anything. Am it's I possible. wrong? Am I, mean, I wrong? Does that not sound like a Philly thing? It's possible. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know they're under the the whole Doug Peterson kind of mm-hmm. mentality now, but that just sounds like an eagle thing. Let's get a wide receiver that I played for the Giants. He can do things for us, and then he doesn't. Yeah. No. He just doesn't. Speaking of that area uh, and also offense, Martellus Bennett. How do you feel about Martellus Bennett? Where's he going to go? Is he going to get he paid? He wants to get paid. He, get paid. he got his oh. ring, and it's time to get paid. He wants to be like his brother I, who got that big contract. I don't I don't think there's a team out there that – because to me, when I look at teams – when I look at teams that really need a tight end, I I don't think so. I don't think he's getting paid. I don't think I he's think getting – I think he will. I don't think he's getting paid like he thinks he will. Oh, I, I would agree um, with that. It's one of those things, though. It's like, what team that really needs a tight end? To me, the two that jump out are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could use a tight end because sure Austin Sarafa Jenkins has been injury prone. Mm-hmm. The Broncos could use one, but the Broncos are smart. They're not going to overpay for a Martellus uh, Bennett. I mean, it'll be interesting. Maybe Detroit goes out there and goes for him. I mean, they do have Eric Ebron, but... Would you take Eric Ebron or Martellus Bennett right now? I would take Bennett for sure. I would take Bennett over Ebron, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have thrown the Dolphins out there, but they've got Julius Thomas now. The flip side of that, though. The Jaguars? Jaguars need one. They do now. Martellus Bennett is a lot more proven than Julius Thomas <laughs> over a career, too. Do you really think Jacksonville would do that, though? Yeah, they, they might. I think they might. They paid for <laughs> Julius Thomas. <laughs> they might. They they really, like, that's something where. I, you just created a hole in your offense. And you think they're going to fill it with Julius Thomas? I with Martellus Bennett. I think that it's yeah, something that makes sense. That's what that's what I meant. It's not necessarily the best idea. It's not necessarily the best move. It's just something that well, you look at it and go, "Yeah, that makes sense." Well, it comes down to for me because they're not going to draft. They're not going to draft one. No, but it comes down to Jordan Cameron will be interesting because he's going to hit free agency. I believe. I don't think he gets re-signed. With the Dolphins, but I don't really see Jacksonville going, yeah, we want him. Um, Martellus Bennett, I mean. He's the best tight end option, I think. Well, it all comes down to, to me, what goes on with Jermaine Gresham with Arizona. What do they do with Gresham? Because the the thing that bothers me with Martellus Bennett is you played on the Patriots. Mm -hmm. And the thing I would think of right away is, yeah, you were good with the Bears, but... It's one of those things with Bennett. 
one of the main things I think helped him this year was he had that winning culture that kind of yeah, kept love, him in check. You love talking about that. Well, the, the Patriot culture helped him. There's no lie about that. You put him on a team like Jacksonville, it is not going to be like New England, and he's going to go back to being the same Martellus Bennett he was in Chicago. I mean, it's when the team wasn't winning. Like when when his teams weren't winning and he wasn't getting the ball. How did Martellus Bennett? Oh, act? he was the worst. That's why I thought and it was going to be dangerous in New England. And that's what it's going to be in New England. He lucked out because he lucked out because Gronk got hurt. Yeah, he lucked out because Gronk got hurt. And two, there's a culture and a system in place to where it's not like, hey, we're going to this guy all the time. It's Tom goes to whoever's open. Mm-hmm. If Tom's not throwing to you, guess what, Martellus? You're not open. Yeah, but get I, open. But I think that Blake Bortles would throw the ball to him. I mean, you got oh, a Pro Bowl he, tight end. He here. would be Blake Bortles' safety blanket. Yeah, you got a Pro Bowl tight end who did great things in Chicago mm-hmm. uh, until he got hurt. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those type of situations where I think that Martellus Bennett will get paid not as much as he wants to get paid, but he will definitely get paid somewhere. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I feel like it's one of the the one team, like I said, with tight end that's interesting to me is Tampa Bay. But I don't think they'd go out and get a Martellus Bennett. I think that they might go for someone a little lower. And like I said, it's mainly because of that that big kind of hole that really Austin Seraphin Jenkins has been injured and he hasn't yeah. been the tight end that we thought he would be, but some of the other names, I want, I want to go over the defense now, looking cool. at the cornerback position. The top five, and this is off of contracts from last year, the top five corners we've got right now. Tremaine Johnson from the L.A. Rams. Um, we've got the Brandon Carr from Dallas, Sam Shields, Green Bay, Tremont Williams, Cleveland, Prince Amakamura from Jacksonville. Do any of these guys find new teams this year? Honestly, this might be one of those rare times where I don't necessarily think any of them are going anywhere. Is this isn't a year where uh, we see the? Uh, I'm sure the somebody back move. I'm sure somebody out of this group is going to go somewhere. But these are all players who I see good reasons for them to stick on the teams that they are on. In uh, I don't know, not really too much of a reason to move. I mean, you're not going to want to leave like Green Bay or something like that where. You know, what are you going to get that's better? I think everybody pretty much sticks around. Of course, you could make the case of, hey, there's a lot of places better than L.A., but L.A. is an exciting place to be right now if you're the Rams. If you're the Chargers, not so much. If you're the Rams, well, yeah. It's one of those things where right now you look at Todd McShay, you look at Mel Kuyper's mocks, there's a lot of teams, especially in Todd McShay's, a lot of teams jumping out there getting mm-hmm. getting cornerbacks in this deep cornerback draft. Do one of those teams that maybe go cornerback in a mock draft, go out and say, let's just throw Tremaine Johnson a contract. Let's oh, I'm throw sure some teams bit. will. You know what? You want to play for the Rams? Here you go. We're a better team. We're going to pay you more. I'm sure that teams are going to be willing to do it. I don't know that they're going to be willing to pay more when you have a draft class where one of the best things about it are the corners. Kind of like one of those things where it's like, suck on this, Sean McVay. Yeah, put that in your pipe and <laughs> smoke it. We're going to take your number. We're going to take your 27-year-old corner from you because we're going to pay him more. Yeah, it with as strong as or with as much of a quarterback league as it is, teams aren't going to want to lose their corners. 
last thing. We'll wrap this up soon. I'll throw it at you this way. Who's one guy, any position, anywhere that we haven't talked about that you think, wow, this is going to be a guy mm-hmm. in free agency that we got to look for? Well, I got a few things I want to say. Uh, one that I don't want to get too too big on, and then mm-hmm. I'll go in a different direction. Terrell Pryor, we didn't talk about him when we talked about wide the receivers. Wide receivers. Oh, mostly because I think he's a guy who is going to be interesting. He's got a very real po- uh, potential to be a huge bust because he was a bright spot on that Cleveland mm-hmm. team that had nothing to be excited about. I mean, they won a game this year. So definitely some risk there. Uh, a couple guys I want to mention, Melvin Ingram. Uh, Melvin Ingram and Chandler Jones, the linebacker, uh, the two kind of high-profile linebackers here. Neither one I'd really see moving because I think those are two valuable of weapons. But wouldn't it be great to be able to get Chandler Jones on your team? If you're any team that needs a linebacker, wouldn't that be great? Also, shout-out to Chandler Jones because he was born exactly a year before <laughs> me. Uh, exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, th- those are guys who I, I can't mm-hmm. really see those teams letting them leave uh but you know teams are going to be making calls that they can i am actually going to look at a position for my last kind of one i'm looking at the offensive tackles we've got adam adam whitworth we've got calvin beecham we've got ryan clady luke jokel tj lang mm-hmm. matt khalil the thing that's going to interest me and of course some of these guys could resign with their teams how many teams that need offensive tackles his team go Ricky's more. Of, team. My team does. I hope that the Vikings we go after them, especially because mm. we uh, don't have a draft pick. But the one thing that I will find interesting is how many teams go into free agency to try to grab tackles, grab offensive linemen because of the not so deep tackle pool. I mean, we have Ramchek, we have Cam Robinson, and right now we have Garrett Bowles. Yeah, Garrett Bowles are the only three first-round talents we've got, and depending on whose mock draft you're looking at, they can go as early as five to as late as the Seahawks, and it's one of those things where it's like they're all in the middle. So I wonder how many teams that need offensive tackles are going to say, nah, let's move away from the draft. Let's try to get them in free agency so we don't have to dive into this week offensive tackle pool and we can go somewhere else in the first round. But Mark... Anything this entire podcast that we missed, you think we got to hit before I wrap it up? Um, no, I mean I, I feel pretty good. Uh, feel pretty good about everything. Um, the one thing that needs to be said, of course, you know, the man who signs Matt Barkley will go down in history. What if it's Kyle Shanahan as one of the dumbest fucking moves they could possibly? What make? if it's Kyle Shanahan but, in the 49ers? Maybe. Maybe. You never know. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below what you guys think. What free agents are you looking for? Because free agency starts this upcoming Tuesday. I want to thank you guys for either watching on YouTube or listening on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Woodmer. He's at the Mark Weber with two E's. We're Most Valuable Pod, Most Valuable Podcasts. I want to thank you guys for watching and listening. If you liked it, check out patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Thank you guys a third time for watching and listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.